everyone. Welcome to episode 102 of the Utah Royals FC show. My name is Lucas Muller, and I am joined, of course, by Cindy Lara. Cindy, how are things in Nebraska? <laughs> oh, you know, corny. <laughs> oh, very, very good. <laughs> They're good. They're pretty good. Um, Yeah, doing well. Trying to figure out this uh, life in the middle of a global pandemic and try to stay alive. How's, how's everything down in Salt Lake City? <laughs> Good. Um, mostly staying indoors or going for bike rides. And that is really all I feel like I'm up to these days. Um, I think case numbers are trending down a little bit. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I got really burnt out on the news. And so I kind of stopped paying as much attention. Yeah, it's pretty much the same old. Cases keep going up. Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of crazy. School's about to. St- I mean, colleges are about to start again. They're reopening, and I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. But you know, let's yeah. let's. It'll be ex- it'll be interesting for sure to have campus reopening again. So, do you still yeah. think? In, like, terms of, like, quarters and semesters, or do you go, like, regular calendar year now? Because I know for a long time for me, I was Mm -hmm. always thinking, like, oh, this is about when the new semester starts, even, like, several years out of college. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is kind of hard to move that beyond that. I always think about, like, for me, I'm always like, well, Harry Potter started his school year (laughs) September 1st. (laughs) Oh, that, that's really funny. Uh, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, now, though, I usually go by soccer seasons. It's kind of weird. I don't know if you do that. Yeah, that's definitely a big, like, yeah. It's weird this year because we had MLS start and then stop. We had India Vassell almost start and then Challenge Cup. And then we, like, Premier League is all all screwed up. Uh, I, know. I don't know if you saw, this is our, um, you know, our Tottenham Hotspur segment of the show, but they mm-hmm. released their schedule, I think today, maybe yesterday. I did see that. Yeah. Pretty exciting. Is it true that Gareth Bale is going to Spurs? Is that a rumor? I saw that reported on. Oh, really? I feel like that is something that has been talked about for kind of ever since he fell out of favor at Madrid. Mm-hmm. Um, the other Real... Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, he is on so much money that I feel like, uh, Madrid would have to buy him out in order Mm. for him to be able to, I mean, I think that'd be really fun. I thought I saw that. Like, I, I think it was Rachel, um, I don't remember. Kruger? Yeah. Yeah. She's pretty active on, uh on Twitter, but yeah. I've tried to get her to join Soapbox to write because she's hilarious, but she's mm-hmm. like, I'm not a writer. I'm like, okay. Hmm. Okay, so apparently there's the latest transfer news that Gareth Bale, this is according to NBC Sports Soccer, Gareth Bale to Tottenham. Wow. I didn't click on it, but that's the latest transfer news. It's, ga- it's gathering some steam as the Welsh... Wizard could return to his former club. 
A report from Spanish outlet Cuatro says that Jose Mourinho wants Bale to return to Spurs this summer. So, I don't know. That would Crazy. be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I would be okay with that. Uh, could help. Yeah, I hope so. They did add Joe Hart, though. Did you see that? Yeah. Which I'm like, why are we adding another goalkeeper? I guess as a backup. No, no, no. Too, yeah. Well, speaking well. of transfer news, uh, mm-hmm. there is a little bit of maybe rumors more than news. Uh, we want to be careful with our phrasing here. Um, <laughs> but a few big things going on um, with the Royals. So I'll just kind of list them out and then we'll talk about them one by one. But Kelly Hera is rumored to be um, moving to uh, Washington Spirit. Kristen Press is looking to go on a loan to Manchester United. And Gunny has joined a club and loan in Iceland. Um, so let's start by talking about uh, Kelly. Um, it seems like it's a pretty done deal. I mean, what, what's your perspective on this move? Yeah, I think just from the chatter out there in the old, old NWSL world is that uh it's it's i something kelly wants um makes sense she lives in the washington area with her partner um and so that's you know that's what kelly wants but hearing that it's not a done deal quite yet and it's all on utah side and i mean rightly so utah should get something for a national team player um, whether that's allocation money, Washington also has like Ashley Hatch, who's a Utah from Utah. So uh, I think honestly, I think it's only a matter of time at this point. But yeah, I mean, Stockton asked, um, like, what what should the Royals get in return if if she does go to. Um, the spirit, do you think like hatch and some allocation money is enough? I think so. Um, if they want to throw Andy Sullivan in there as well, why not? You know, um, but I think that's kind of the one that makes sense the most, especially because we know how much the Utah attack struggles and Ashley hatch had a pretty good tournament. If I remember correctly, uh, I mean, Lucas, you were there for a lot of the Washington Spirit games. What did you see from Ashley Hatch that you were – that – yeah. I mean, she's been really good since her rookie years. She was with the Courage, and she fit really well into that system. But Yeah, I think she um, – I think she did have a good tournament. Like she, I feel like she is – a pretty dynamic player in a lot of ways. Like she, she's fast. She definitely works hard. It feels like, um, she could be a good addition to the Royals attack. Again, like we haven't heard, um, that she is coming to the Royals. This is just speculation, but right. Um, she doesn't, she doesn't fill the hole that Kelly would leave. Like neither talent wise, honestly, nor but probably 
little more significantly by position. Mm-hmm. However, if the Royals are going to continue with the three-back system, which I was a big fan of. Um, yeah, same. Kelly's probably going to be decent at that, um, but she's not the only option. Um, mm-hmm. She didn't play, you know, a ton of minutes in the tournament. I think she started just the one time, um, mm-hmm. made a couple sub substitute appearances. Um, I think... I think someone like Hatch could be another really good piece in in the attack, um, mm-hmm. and that's probably pretty important. Um, to me, that feels like the Royals' weakest spot. But granted, like we also did not see their best attacking player in Kristen Press this summer, um, and so that's going to have a significant impact on if she's you know if Press is present or not. That's true. Um, yeah, that's fair. It's, yeah, like you said, obviously Hatch is not what Royals would get back. That's just simple speculation. But just thinking about Kelly O'Hara as a whole and just her role with Utah Royals FC, we know how talented she is. She is a really good, uh, I believe, left back is what she plays. Um, for the national team, and when she came to Utah, Laura Harvey was very specific about having her play in the same position she would for the national team. So I think, you know, Kelly O'Hara is a phenomenal soccer player. I mean, if you're on the national team, you are going to be. Um, But as far as her time with Utah, she was barely she was someone that you just didn't know when she would play or not and she I believe she only played about a thousand minutes in her three seasons I don't quote me but just it's not a lot it's not a lot yeah but how big of a loss is this should the trade be finalized yeah I mean I think it's a big loss in um in, in a certain respect of you have one of the biggest players in the world on your team. Um, so there's like a, maybe a marketing element there. And then just also the potential of, you know, what does a healthy and available Kelly O'Hara look like on the Utah Royals? We never really saw that super regularly. Um, so I think if you're going by what, she actually was able to to give to the Royals like this isn't the biggest loss um mm-hmm. I think it's a bit of a bummer because like she's honestly one of my favorite players to watch in the game mm-hmm. um but you know she often just wasn't healthy wasn't available um and so those resources could probably be allocated a little bit better if you know if, if things were going to continue to go the way they are mm-hmm for sure. For sure. I, I think for me, it's definitely a, oh man, I really like Kelly O'Hara and her being on the Royals. And, but yeah, at the same time, it, it was, it's, it is of course a loss because will be a loss. Let's talk in future terms because we don't want to get in trouble. But um, if indeed she does go, it is for sure a huge loss. 
But I do think Utah can rebuild or at least adapt. And we kind of did see that in the Challenge Cup. I think, like like you said, like I was really excited about the three-back system. I think Craig implemented it really well. And he's still a very smart coach. And, you know, Elizabeth Ball is this young, up-and-coming defender. And, you know, still got Rachel Corsi. Remind me who else played defender. Was it Weber? Or she played more of a mid- midfield? Um, wait, so Delfava, Ball. Um, I think Weber was all the way back at least once. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But, yeah, I think it's not – it will be okay if Kelly O'Hara does not return for the Royals. Yeah, I agree with that. I I think it's, like, it's sad because the, the potential was always really high. But, yeah, it's not like – to me, it's not like if – a-Rod was injured or was leaving the team where you're kind of like, okay, what do we do without this like key, mm-hmm. key player? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think the Rose will be fine. Um, and hopefully they can get something substantial um, from that, from that move. Should it happen? Should, should it happen? That is very, very true. Um, and this obviously Kelly's a competitor. She will give it 100%, whichever team she plays for. Um, I mean, she came back for the Challenge Cup, so you know she wanted to keep competing. But just those ankles, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was... If she does move on, it is really nice that we got to see her for a few more games. Kind of a one last, one last hurrah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, should we talk about the uh, the Kristen Press rumor? Oh boy, let's talk about this one. Um, yeah, so, um, Dan Laletta of The Equalizer, um, let me pull up the exact tweet, (laughs) said, um, hearing Tobin Heath and Kristen Press are close to signing deals to play with Manchester United, not quite over the line, but club and players are in agreement and moving towards the line. Um, I mean, that's massive for a couple of reasons, um. One, United has not been the most ambitious club uh, in the in the Women's Super League in England. Um, the first thing that comes to my mind about this deal is like how exciting uh, that makes the Manchester derby, especially with, um, hmm. we'll talk about this a little bit more, but Sam Ewis and Rose Lavelle going to Manchester City. Um, ah. But yeah, what's your take on uh, this potential move? Yeah, I mean, again, kind of like the O'Hara, it'd be a big bummer without press. I think Royals need Kristen Press. 
But with NWSL playing kind of like not really being a full season, um, yeah, I, I, I can totally see why you would want to go over to England. Um, and yeah, it'll, it'll be exciting because now England is becoming this this hub for <laughs> women's soccer because... Who thought people would want to play soccer in England? <laughs> yeah, it's cold, it's gray, I hear their food is kind of bland. Oh, especially Manchester. I was in Manchester last fall. Um, mm. Humble brag there, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and never saw the sun. I don't think they yeah. have one. I think they yeah. just, their sky is permanently gray. I think I would just be sad all the time. It was a pretty cool town. And being from Oregon, I'm like, oh, this is fine. This feels like home. Yeah, well, there you go. So, I mean, I mean, Heath and um, Press live in Portland. So, to them, literally nothing will change climate-wise. Nothing. You can take the clouds with you. I, um, I went to yeah. England in 2009 on a, on a school trip, and my professor was like, Whatever you'd wear here, wear there. It's going to be exactly the same. And he was right. <gasps> that must be nice. That must be so nice. I, on the other hand, I don't know. I don't. I think for a while, probably during the Harry Potter years, I was like, I want to live in England. <laughs> and now I think I'm like, no, I need, I need the sun. Um, but yeah, I think. I think it would be good. I think, I think what's even cooler about it, cooler, uh, I think the U.S. Soccer Federation has definitely shifted its position on allowing players to go overseas and play. Um, that was really something that was not. They they wanted their players to stay in the NWSL, but with no not much of an NWSL this year you kind of want those players to stay in tip-top shape, you know, especially if the Olympics are going to be indeed held as scheduled next year. If yeah, I mean, I think there is a real yeah. risk that there's a significant drop-off for the U.S. if the players aren't playing games and then trying mm. to win this international competition. Um, it, I would say it really is... It's not great for the NWSL in the immediate. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, honestly, 2021, 2022, like, things will be fine. I think the league will be fine. Um, but I do say see this as a really important and significant way that players can stay sharp leading up to the mm -hmm. Olympics. And it sounds like, essentially, these players, these U.S. national team players, will are all going on loan. They, I haven't seen any permanent deals. Everything has been talked about as a loan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, go to England, play the 2020-2021 season, um, and then probably go more or less straight to the Olympics, and then they would rejoin mm -hmm. their NWSL teams. Right, right. And so, yeah, that is a good thing, that they are loans, that they're not like the end of so Kristen Press would continue as a Utah Royals FC player um unless yeah 
was, no, I'm like, that's 2022, never mind. I was thinking, I'm like, oh no, LA. And then I remember that's 2022. Um, yeah, well, should be interesting because it'll be fun just to keep watching women's premiere, what's it called? FA something? Uh, the FA, um, Women's Super League. Oh, yeah, Super so, League. Um, I what, should know WSL that. is, I think, what everyone calls it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, right? That it's kind of, Tottenham is doing a little bit, but they're not super competitive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like their men's team. <laughs> <laughs> Boo, Man United. Um, so, mm-hmm. what, now that all these players are heading over, are you going to, are you going to, are you going to? Still stick with the Spurs ladies? I I I don't really watch those games regularly because I don't have the bandwidth to follow four full leagues. <laughs> um But I think like I will probably watch more United and City games because you know, they've got some really exciting US players on that team. And if when those when that derby happens, uh that's going to be like must watch women's soccer viewing. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I'll, I'll follow Kristen Press wherever she goes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am curious. Yeah. I mean, just if there's anything in these, in these loans where they would be recalled at the start of the next NWSL season, um, probably not. But it seems like that would be a possibility. Have you heard anything around that? About Gunny? Oh, I'm sorry. About like, so in these deals, would they be, um, is there any chance that like these U.S. players be recalled to their NWSL teams? Oh, like Let's say the start of the next oh. season. Okay, I was like, what? <laughs> um... It's interesting because the the national team players are under U.S. Soccer Federation, so it would depend on what U.S. Soccer wants them to do, you know? Mm-hmm. That's true. So that's TBD <laughs> to be determined. Um, I think ideally if there is a full NWSL season starting next April – I think U.S. soccer is going to want the team to return either when the Super League is done in May or Champions League. I think Champions League usually ends in May. It was kind of like when Alex Morgan went to Lyon. Mm-hmm. She came back after the champ the Champions League, like around May. So, yeah. So we uh, probably yeah we oh, probably won't see them until Champions League is over should everything go on as scheduled. Okay, so either that or probably after the Olympics are the two two likely options that we have not heard any confirmation of. Right. Um, well, going back to the the Kelly thing, I know you wanted to address um, uh, the Royals general manager Stephanie Lee had some stern words. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, 
<laughs> we, I mean, it's it's definitely worth noting, um, especially because we ourselves are, you know, cover the Utah team. But um, so yeah, so it was reported on on Sunday that Kelly O'Hara was going to be traded to Washington Spirit, or at least had been traded to Washington Spirit. And the original source, what original source was. Meg Linehan and Pod Tenorio from The Athletic. And, you know, The Athletic is pretty well respected right now. And I think their reporting is pretty solid and on point. And so everyone picked up on it, ourselves included. You know, like, we picked up on it that she was going. Um, Salt Lake Tribune picked up on it. And... As reported on Sunday, it seemed like a done deal. But then I believe the following evening, uh, general manager Stephanie Lee from the Utah Royals FC kind of, I mean, she did call out one of the reporters from the Salt Lake Tribune. Um, I don't know if you wanted me to mention his name, but um, Alex Behar. But that it wasn't true, that it was a rumor. And it wasn't the first time that this had happened with the Tribune. Uh, yeah. specifically this reporter. So, so it's well, very yeah. odd. The, so Alex tweeted out uh, Utah Royals FC News on a Sunday yes, and a link to the story about the report of Kelly O'Hara going to Washington wow. Spirit. And then um, Stephanie Lee um, quote tweeted that and said, this is not true, uh, dot, dot, dot. And unfortunately not the first time Alex has fed fan rumors as fact uh, at uh, Salt Lake Trib Sports, do better, please. Yeah. And obviously, I, I I can see, I mean, if you click on Alex's article, it's the, it's pretty much the same thing everybody's been reporting, that it looks like it's got, it's, she's on her way out. But it seems like a very definite, defin, definite, sure thing happening. So... I, I don't know. Obviously, our show soapbox, you know, we don't get all of our, you know, we, we don't have the sources that Meg Linehan has. So obviously, if she's reporting something, we're going to trust it, and so we're going to go with it. But I don't know how different it is if it's someone that's actually considered a beat writer um, with Salt Lake. So... I don't know. It just seemed very weird because it's not a rumor. It's actually happening. So it was very conflicting. And I on, I, I felt bad for Alex because I'm like, oh, poor guy. Like, he just got thrown under the bus. And all of us who kind of picked up on the story were kind of just like, <laughs> you know, it's like just walking away. Like, So I don't know, Lucas, what, what are your thoughts? I know you're more of a diplomatic guy than... <laughs> well, you love to stir the pot. Oh. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty stern. It, it did feel like, yeah, Alex was just really reiterating what Meg Linehan had reported. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't know. I don't feel like it's that big of a deal. Like, I kind of don't, not really interested in making this into a whole huge thing. I, I've had really good interactions with Stephanie and maybe that's why like 
I, I don't want to turn this into a big thing, so maybe I'm being biased there. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't know. It's just like, it, it is a pretty stern reaction to, I thought the article was pretty innocuous. Yeah. And I, I think the two, I mean, the issue is obviously it's being reported as a fact when it's a report. We have not heard anything official from the club. So I could see the uh, frustration from the club. There's also a history between Alex's reporting and the club. And so they throw that into the mix. And then the public like call out. So it was just a lot. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's def- I personally don't think it's a good look for a general manager to call out someone in the media. If it was like a complete lie, this reporter is making this stuff up or, you know, it's, but the fact that it's out there, um, it's being reported by Meg Linehan, who is a pretty respected NWSL reporter. Um, and if she reports something because she is trusted, um, she does have credible sources. So it seems like all of the, it, it wasn't a done deal at the, at the time, and it still is not a done deal right now. It, it is a um, still in the works, but I, at the same time, it's it's not a rumor. It's it's in, it's being in talk. So it seems a little a little shade for me to have somebody from the front office call out a reporter who picked up the news from somebody else. And thankfully, it's. Make Linehan handle it well, spoke to the club, and so they kind of just clarified what was going on, actually. But I don't know. It, it's just, it was, it was just very interesting. And it, 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 for me, it did hit a little bit of a nerve just because, you know, we, you know, we cover the team. And so I'm like, if one of us ever puts out, a report. I don't want to get in trouble by the front office, or you know, hurt anybody's credential processes or any of that stuff. Like I just, I don't. I mean, I don't want to get in trouble by anybody. But at the same time, we do have freedom to cover the team. So, but at the same time, I could. I see. So I see both sides: the frustration from the club of this being reported, and it's probably not a very good time for the club right now because already lost Becky Sovereign to Portland. Kelly O'Hara is in talks to be traded and then now for Kristen Press to go over to Manchester United on loan. So it's got to be a very stressful time for the front office for this. Yeah, I mean, three world-class players who were around, you know, at the end of last season, um, even if Kelly was injured, being gone is, is is rough in a front office. Like, no one is probably too excited about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. But, oh well. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, I think the only, correct me if I'm missing any, any anyone, but I think the only other move we're seeing is Gunny is on loan in Iceland. Um. I think her partner right. is also, I, I don't know if it's the same club or not, but her partner is also 
I'm not in Iceland, so that's kind of cool. Um, and so they'll be both playing in the league there. Um, and to me, like, I, we're going to discuss this in a second, but there's a plan for at least discussions around more games in 2020. We're seeing that with um, other professional soccer leagues in the U.S., such as MLS and USL. Um, but it kind of speaks to, okay, there's not a concrete plan, and so players want to leave because they want they want to play and have guaranteed playing. If you're going to England or Iceland, you know, um, you're going to have a regular season that's probably longer than the NWSLs with consistent games in a safer environment um, from a COVID perspective. Yeah, everybody wants to play, you know, mm-hmm. so... What about Vera Boquette? It was not, this is definitely a rumor, but it, I believe there was like this AC Milan. Yeah. I've forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. There was one rumor about AC Milan going in for her, but she just got back to Salt Lake. Um, so she, like in her Instagram story, Traveled back to Salt Lake City from, I assume she was in España. Um, Diallo too uh, returned uh, to Salt Lake from from Europe. So it seems like something is happening. It would be super bizarre, um, and this is a good segue into our next section. Mm-hmm. But super bizarre for players to be coming back to Salt Lake City from Europe if there's not mm-hmm. a plan for more games. Mm-hmm. Um, so you wrote a story about that. Do you want to? give an overview about what might be next? What? Yes, I sure will. So um, on Sunday, reported that there will be, there's the NWSL will hold games in October, September, October. And last episode, we talked about um, regional type games. So there is talks about, and this was, Dan Loletta kind of talked about it last week that coaches are had meetings about further match play in 2020. So the coaches were very involved. Nothing really said this was as of last Friday. And then Stephen Goff from the Washington Post posted about the plans for September, October, where you would have three pods playing against each other. And so the traveling would be within those pods. So pod one would be Washington Spirit, Sky Blue, and Chicago. Pod two would be North Carolina Courage, Orlando, and Houston. And then pod three, as we expected, um, you know, the west part of the country is Utah, Portland, and O.L. Rain. There would be two to three matches per market. And then each team would eventually host games for their own respective pod so for pod one september 5th would be in dc and then houston would host in pod two and then portland would host in uh pod three and then the following week chicago would get the turn to host and so just everybody eventually would get to host and for utah Reels fc they would hold hold games September 26th, I believe. And then, yeah. So eventually everybody gets to host 
their pod. Um, so kind of like a mini regional type tournament. So that's the latest proposal. A lot could change, obviously. Um, teams and all these players coming back is because teams are can resume workouts. That is dependent upon local guidelines. Um, but the good news is that we will looks like we will see some NWSL games next month and in October, which is kind of exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, it seems like it's... I mean, it seems like it's the way the country is kind of going of, hey, we're going to just kind of get back to normal, even if it might not be the safest thing. It seems like the bubble <laughs> model was effective. Like, obviously, you know, after um, Orlando exited the Challenge Cup without ever having traveled, there were no positive cases, at least not for players, which is huge. Um, same with MLS. I think only a couple positives, if any, um, once once uh, the tournament actually began. I think things are going well with the NBA. I'm not sure, but I know... Um, Major League Baseball, which who are not doing a bubble model, it has been a mess, and there's been a lot of games um, canceled and rescheduled. Same with USL, there's been a handful of games have had to be canceled. Some you know significant positive tests. Um, so this is a model I think is a lot more functional from a logistical perspective. But boy, like. I don't think our country has done the hard work in order to do these things safely. Um, You know, you're seeing in Germany games resume, England games resume all over Europe because they took lockdowns really seriously and did a lot to, to get to the place where that's safe. The U S never did that. We're seeing numbers go up. We're seeing deaths just, you know, 170,000 people now. And so it's just still a little crazy to me for us as a country to be like, yeah, we've lost 170,000 people to this disease, but we're just going to kind of ignore it or do things like with just very minimal precautions. Um, and I, I'm sure that the league will, will do things like as safely as they possibly can. Um, but it feels like they, as a country, we haven't really earn that right yet to even have that discussion yeah and that's what's wild about talks about um you know things are resuming back to normal and, and and it's so weird because you're like we're in the middle of a pandemic how obviously masks change things and i'm glad a lot of cities and um health officials have and schools are opening up with masks but it's just so wild to me that i mean even when the nwsl was announced back in may we were like oh how could they (laughs) wow no way and then um you know and they carried it out pretty well and it was impressive and they set and it wasn't talked about enough in mainstream sports media but the end of it so like 
did an awesome job with this tournament. And then Major League Baseball started, and cases, I mean, there's cases in schools, there's, I mean, even just campus returning here, it's like, ah! So, it's there's still a risk, because the players are not protected, and they're not in a controlled environment, so... Yeah, like you said, it's it's weird because the U.S. has not handled COVID-19 smartly and everyone's paying for it, honestly. And I think right now sports are like, I, I, I could be okay without sports, but I get why people miss them. And especially because, you know, it's easy for me to be like, well, I don't need sports. I can be okay with it. But that's not my livelihood, you know, um, for these players, for sure. It is. So, yeah. I mean, I was thinking about this, listening to um, the Off the Crossbar podcast, which is another soapbox podcast. Um, how much I miss hanging out with friends at Rio Tinto Stadium and being there for games and the energy of the crowd. Um, but. I think that, yeah, I get it, but also this is just life until this pandemic is over. And I kind of feel like if we don't make things, if we don't make the hard choices now, we're just going to prolong this whole thing. So, Yeah, and, and I think we're just now just, we're in the middle of this pandemic. We are just learning to adapt and things will not be the same for a long time. Even if people are to get vaccinated, it's not going to go into effect right away. So this is life for a couple of years. And so, not a couple of years, but maybe like, maybe until 2025. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to tell the grandkids about this. Um, but I think we just have are learning to just adapt, whether it's, you know, wearing masks wherever we go and I hope those continue I hope we continue to wear masks and they are part of our wardrobe you know just like we have to wear underoos wear a mask um (laughs) and everything is we will we will not see a packed stadium for a very long time yeah and Alan Let's see. I think it was, yeah, Alan Corbin asked, he asked a couple of questions. Um, will we have fans in the stands for NWSL? I I could see it going one of two ways. The first being the league is just going to be like, no, as a league, we're not going to do that. The second would be obviously going by um, what's allowed, like by local guidelines. Um and so I would think that um, if, I mean, my sense is if the Royals owner can sell tickets, he absolutely will. Um, I know they've done that for Real Monarchs, the USL side. There's there's a game um, next week for Real Salt Lake, and I think they're allowing up to 5,000 fans which in a 20,000 person stadium to me feels crazy. Uh, that feels really unsafe. I will probably try to photograph that game, but if 
it feels unsafe. Like I'm just going to bounce. Uh, so there's, I don't think the league can say, Hey, we're going to allow fans, um, league wide because it's up to, um, local governments to make that decision. Like how many people can you have in a single gathering? Um, unless they're like, we're going to sell 50, 50 tickets per game and each ticket costs $1,000. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't think we're, we're definitely not going to see fans league wide, but we might see it in a couple markets, you know, um, like probably like Houston, probably here, um, maybe North Carolina, you know, it just kind of depends on what, what local governments are saying. Yeah. For sure. So, I mean, you'll have your people. I was like, that's fine. Let's go. So, at this point, it's all a personal decision, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I am with you, though. I'm like, I, I don't know if I, I... I miss it. I miss being on the sideline. But at the same time, I'm like, ah. Yeah. And, and you know, I did go to one Monarchs game at Rio Tinto Stadium that had fans. Um, there were a lot of precautions. There's a new article up on soapbox, rcelsoapbox.com, um, that Miles Dunn wrote about that very game. Um, and he just reported his experience. So I haven't had a chance to read that yet. Um, but go check that out if you're interested in what precautions they're taking at Rio Tinto, Rio Tinto Stadium for fans. And that's probably a pretty good indication of what the precautions would be should fans be allowed in these possible future NWSL games. Um, we, so we mentioned this before a little bit, but um, yeah, Rose Lavelle and Sam Mewis to Manchester City. Um, uh, Lavelle's rights were traded from uh, Washington Spirit to O.L. Reign. Um, Lavelle is kind of like O'Hara in the sense of just world-class player, like phenomenal, but has not seen a lot of minutes with their NWSL team. Um, so I, I think that, man, if you're the rain and you can get a healthy and available Rose Lavelle, like that is a huge win, but that's also a huge gamble because you just don't know if she's going to be um, – able to play a lot, you know, and she, she was really good when she played for the spirit in the challenge cup. Um, but yeah, you know, they had to limit her minutes and, um, I think that was, she, yeah, she was injured for the last game or two, which was really, um, really too bad for Washington because they were one of the better teams in the group stage. Yeah. Yeah. I think, it, yeah, it honestly all comes down to just players want to play. Um, so, uh, yeah. yeah. Also, Muse's rights were retained by North Carolina Courage, and in a statement, she she wrote about how much she like loved that team and wanting to return, and that would just mm-hmm. to me indicate that this is a temporary thing. Um, it's not like she's hoping to go over to Europe and make it big there. Like, you know, it's kind of a response to the state of the world right now. And, you know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. 
kind of on that North Carolina courage note, um, uh, Dubinia signed a multiple year deal, um, which was originally reported by Jeff Kasuf, I believe, of the Equalizer, um, and then has since been confirmed by the club. So, um, like she is one of the best players in the league right now, and as long as she's with North Carolina, they're gonna be they're gonna be pretty dang good. For sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, the last piece of just general news, um, it looks like Sacramento is a go once again. I know they were really close to coming to the league a year or two ago. Um, but The Athletic is reporting that they are um, looking to join in 2021, which is pretty fast. Louisville also joining next season. There could be 11 teams, and with um, uh, the new L.A. team, by 2022, there could be a nice even 12 teams, which would be really awesome for the league. And kind of exciting that there would be two teams in California, uh, have some nice competition there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, any other thoughts on Sacramento? It's crazy that we went from nine, eight, I mean, nine teams to LA announced and then Sacramento. It's like, oh, now we got this whole Louisville, 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 Louisville. You have to say it like you've got like gravel in the back of your throat. Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> Lovely town. Um, <laughs> I've never been there, but I have friends from there, and I hear it's lovely. It's super cool. They should probably arrest some of their cops. But other than that, it's a great place. Mm. Yes. Mm. Just We just want everyone to know that they should arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. 100%. <gasps> Please, come on. What is wrong with you? Uh, it's anyway. Cr- yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah, no, it's exciting. I think... The league needs to grow, and it's just so unfortunate that all this is happening with COVID. Because sure, we're so excited for twenty twenty, so exciting, so excited. Just I don't know. I hate COVID, and that's all I want to say about that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's move into listener questions. Um, Vladko knows asks uh, who's coming to Utah for the O'Hara trade. I forgot that we got this question in addition to Stockton also <laughs> asking it. So we did already address that, but we hopefully did. Hatch, but probably some money and... Uh, money, money, money. We don't know for sure. So Show me the money. <laughs> Moving right along, Aaron Stockton asks, uh, what do you think the team's goal should be for any restart to the 2020 season? That's a great question. Yeah, it is. Um, Stay healthy. First of all, I think um, the goal should yeah. be in the back of the net. <laughs> Score more goals. I mean, and sh- yeah, that's a decent goal for the team. <laughs> What's our goal? Score goals. Um, I think so. And just keep building those young players. Delfaba, Nolf, King. You, those are the players that continue to build those young players because those are the players that are going to be your the future. They're going to be not only of, like, I mean, I just think about Sam Mewis and Lynn Williams and 
they did not get their start on the national team. They came from being developed in the NWSL. And so I I that's I think that's a that's a goal to continue to build those young players and give them minutes and I think the only disappointment I have from the NWSL Challenge Cup is that there were not enough um she didn't get enough minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I I think if press is out, um Gunny's out, uh possibly Kelly's out, like go big on the youth. I, I would expect that this is a team, and I more than expect, I have heard that this is a team that wants to bring over big players, but, and they were close on several, but COVID really changed the, the landscape. Play, international players don't want to come to the U.S. right now, um, especially not just safety reasons, but we don't know what's happening with games. So if you're a, a player, like it doesn't really, in Europe, uh, it doesn't really make sense for you to come here right now. But I fully believe that this is a team that's going to bring in some big names in the near future um, and is going to really try to compete for being the best team in the league. Um, and I think, honestly, Deloy Hansen is willing to spend money um, in the women's game to bring in world-class players. But this season, that's not a reality, so... I mean, I think if you can go big on the youth, um, develop them up, and, you know, Delfava becomes uh, even more competent in her position. King bangs in some some more great goals. Um, those are really incredible tools that you have, even if, even if they're just coming off the bench in future. Like, I think that would be – if the Royals in this season, in, you know, third, fourth uh, to last – um, but they've developed the youth really well. I think that could help set them up for success next year or maybe even the year following when life kind of returns to normal a bit more. For sure. Yeah. And, I mean, the more you develop these young players, Vladko's going to notice them. Like, he is a coach. I mean, he was at the Challenge Cup. He's got his he notebook. Not, he's, he's writing he's, stuff down in there. He is. He knows exactly who. And... Who knows who the next up-and-coming young U.S. women's national team player will be. And they can potentially come from the NWSL, or I'm sorry, from Utah Royals. So, I, I, I yeah, Sovereign, Press, O'Hara, not having them for, you know, the next pod of games. And then... Uh, even just maybe perhaps for not the start of, at least press, not for the start of the 2021 season. You know what? Okay, that, that stinks. But at least you have this young players and, yep, and they have potential to become, be get call-ups to the national team. So, it, it, it's just, it doesn't end with O'Hara, Press, and Sabrin who, amazing as they are, they're also, like, maybe the next few years, their soccer career is going to be done. And then what? No. Focus on the youth. The children are the future. They are the future. 
<laughs> um, all right. Well, last question. Uh, and I think this is a really great one again from Alan Corbin. Um, with these NW self stars leaving for Europe, are we about to witness the death rattle of women's pro soccer in the USA again? I think that's a great question because we've seen two leagues fail prior to the NWSL. Um, Cindy, would you say you're very alarmed or extremely alarmed? I don't think so. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think that's that's just saying that the national team carries the NWSL, and that's not true at all. Um, and I've always believed that the NWSL has to get past these this reliance on the national team players like Alex Morgan, like Megan Rapino. All these players are going to retire eventually. Like, and then I mean, like, if they retire, is the NWSL going to be gone? The NWSL needs to build with its own players that they have these young players um heck even like international players you know that so i i don't think it's fair to say that women's pro soccer is going to end because and and that's nwsl stars that's not necessarily true it's the u.s national team players that are going overseas so I mean, I get it why it could be alarming to be like, oh, all, I mean, press, Heath, Lavelle, um, wow, who's next? But I think the league has to continue and keep going stronger, and it's already added sponsors, and I mean, the Challenge Cup was exciting. Houston Dash won the Challenge Cup, and they had no U.S. Women's National Team players, you know? Mm-hmm. Their stars were Shea Groom and Rachel Daly and uh, Jane Campbell, who are not, I mean, Rachel Daly is with the English National Team. Jane Campbell is, like, on the bubble of call-ups and stuff, but that's, that's I, I think that's why I was so exciting, excited to see Houston Dash win was because it was a team that was own nwsl stars i mean they had canadians but well, you know what i mean canadians don't count <laughs> um yeah i mean i think i took i totally agree with all that i, I think i took alan's question as is is um the women's super league now the the league of choice in the world whereas before it seemed to be the general consensus that the nwsl was the best league um I think like England has handled COVID a little bit better, not like slam dunk better than the U S but they're going to have games every week, like essentially up until the Olympics. And that's why we're seeing players go over and that's really attractive. And I don't think that that is going to be a long-term shift, but if these massive global sports brands start really dropping money on their women's team, like that's a huge complaint about Liverpool is they're not spending money on their women's team. Um, if they decide like, 
hey, let's allocate some real meaningful, significant resources to, to the women's team, things might start shifting. Europe might become more appealing for U.S. players um, like we see in the men's side. But right now, I do think that... Um, I think the NWSL is a very strong league, but there's just uncertainty about, like, no one knows, well, maybe a few people do, but it's not readily available, like, when the next game is actually going to be. Um, we're hearing rumors of that. Well, unconfirmed. Um, and that's probably accurate, you know. Uh, Goff is a, is a fantastic reporter, well-respected. Um but I think to me, it's just that like it might be some games in two months, but if you're a player who had only had, you know, five games in the challenge cup or something, and then you're trying to get ready for the Olympics. Yeah. England makes way more sense in the short term. Yeah, I guess, I guess. So yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, you're right. I think I just saw the question the opposite way, where it's like, we're losing players, oh no, and WSL is done. And I want to have a little bit more confidence on uh, the commissioner of the NWSL. She's a very smart lady, I think. And it stinks that COVID has kind of crushed <laughs> the season. But yeah. You know, I I hope that the game does grow in England where, you know, women playing soccer in England is not, it's not everyone's priority, you know. And like you mentioned, Liverpool needs to figure out what the crap they're going to do and develop, continue to develop their women's team. So I think the more competitive leagues we have in the world, for women footballers, that's a win yeah, for everybody. That's a great you know? perspective because I think part of me is like, no, I want the NWSL to be way better than anyone else. But competition in sport is uh, is really good. Um, mm-hmm. I think it grows the game. Yeah, I mean, we all know MLS and Premier League are the top leagues in the world. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> You, the Premier League is not going to be as good as it is without MLS right on its heels, pushing it to be That's better. That's true. Mm. Ain't nothing like a good MLS drama ball. That's right. <laughs> well, um, uh, those are all the listener questions. Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Oh, man. Stay safe, friends. Stay safe. Very true. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for listening. Um, we'll probably be back in a couple weeks. And uh, yeah, again, say stay safe. Mm-hmm.